I can't stand UV40. Have, have you ever heard of their cover of Cherry Old Baby? No. <laughs> Like oh my god! I don't know about in California, but over here they play it constantly, and I ca- I cannot. Oh, cher- it's always Cherry Old Baby. Every time you turn on the radio, it's Cherry Old Baby. You walk into a mortuary, they're playing Cherry Old Baby. Cherry Old Cherry Old Baby. Bad fans without pants and socks and a 52-inch waist and without um, underwear. I'm just going to put that on there because it, it's, it's just a natural progression for me. Pretty so without underwear without and... Yeah. So this is episode number 56, but who's counting anyway, right, Tim? Oh, I'm counting. <laughs> it's not an official podcast if it's not numbered. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, I guess so. Uh, but, yeah, Tim is with me. So, Tim, uh, how you been, man? I've been good. You know, it's, we got, this is two bat fans without pants, without socks, 52-inch waist now, I guess without underwear, <laughs> episode where we had some big Star Wars news. Last week we had the EU news, and then since our last episode, we had the big casting news. So, as you can imagine, I'm right. still pretty ecstatic about that. <laughs> I don't know if it's sunk in yet, really. It's been over a week now since we got that, as we're recording this episode on, what, May 9th now? So, yeah, it's still crazy. (laughs) So it hasn't really hit you that, you know, there's a a final cast now, and all those people were wrong about all their selection, I mean, of all their rumors and stuff, and, you know, they're finally going to film this thing? Yeah, it's almost the feeling I had when this whole... Disney by Lucasfilm and Episode 7 announcement first came, or just the state of shock. I couldn't believe it. And seeing this announcement, this seeing that picture, that very cool cast photo they had of everyone doing the table read was just awesome. Seeing the new cast, and of course seeing Mark Hamill, Harrison Ford, Carrie Fisher, Peter Mayhew, Anthony Daniels all there together again. It was just, man, it was just really cool. <laughs> it's like, it's actually happening. We're just that one step closer now to seeing Episode 7. The wheels are in motion. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was wondering where um, Kenny Baker was in that photo, but I guess he's in the R2 unit, right? <laughs> That's the joke I saw everywhere that day. Oh, he's in the crate in the R2 unit. <laughs> they wouldn't let him out. But I heard he's not really healthy, so he's kind of probably making his trips down there are very limited. So maybe that's why he wasn't in that cast photo. But I'm curious to see how much he's actually going to be a part of it, really. I don't know, it's kind of maybe just like a good deed they're doing to him, just showing respect to him as being one of the original actors to play such an iconic character that they're going to use him very little, but still have him uh, be part of the cast and have his name on there. So, I don't know. It's just kind of... Because every reports I've heard about him is like, the house is really not good. It's hard for me even to like make it to conventions. So, 
if, there, if it is that's true, where they're just doing it to kind of show respect to him, that's cool. I mean, there's no harm in having his name in there. <laughs> he played R2 for all those years, so why not? Yeah, and I'm glad to see uh, Peter Mayhew um, is going to be in Episode 7. Yeah, same thing, too, where who knows how much he's going to do physically with that. He might be just standing around in the Chewie costume. They won't do too much, like, action sequences, but who cares? I mean, just having Peter Mayhew there is going to be awesome, too. I mean, even though he wears a mask, he's still you can tell when it's not him in the Chewbacca costume when you see all these other, like, events or, like, celebration stuff where there's, like, Star Wars uh, costumes and everyone's dressed up. You see Wookiees and Sword Troopers, and whenever someone tries to be Chewbacca, you can tell it's not Peter Mayhew. <laughs> So what do you think about um, the, the the new cast members? You know, we we know that, you know, the big three are coming back, and Peter Mayhew and Kenny Baker and Anthony Daniels, but what do you think about, like, uh, John Boyega and Daisy... Uh, Ridley? What's, whatever her name is, her last name is. It's Daisy Ridley and the guy from uh, Inside Llewellyn Davis. Yeah, so far, I mean, I can't complain about any of them because I really haven't seen them in anything, so I have no reference to either say I'm not happy about it or I'm super happy about it because I have uh, references to go by from their previous work. So it's just kind of what I'm glad. It's a Star Wars casting choice, going with some unknowns and some actors that aren't unknown. So, yeah, I'm real happy with it. I'm just excited to see who they're going to be playing. That's the big thing now. Who exactly are these actors playing? And we already got our speculation of going who's playing whose kid and who's playing the Sith and the Jedi and all that. But it's also cool, too, that Andy Serkis is going to be in the movie. That was, like, a name that you didn't hear anywhere from all those rumor stories for the past year and a half. And when I saw his name on the list, like, oh, man, that's really cool. Bridging the franchises together with Lord of the Rings Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, and I hope, I, I hope, hope, hope he isn't going to be playing a a strictly uh, mocap suit character. I, I hope he's, you know, a live action. He he has a live action role like he did in uh, the Prestige or something like that. You know. Yeah, but, but you already called it on Twitter. You said he's playing Jar Jar's kid. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, I was right about the casting. The the week we were gonna get we were gonna get the news. I was one week off. <laughs> yeah. So I think you need to make a sign, Tim, for me on Twitter. <laughs> Dean was right, and I was wrong about the casting news. We agreed to no such arrangement. <laughs> um, yeah, I hope Andy Serkis isn't isn't going to be in a in a mocap suit because he, I mean, all of his roles were like that. You know, the Gollum thing, uh, King Kong, the Rise of the Planet of the Apes, all of his roles, and he, you never see his live action work. I mean, yeah, you've seen it in the Prestige and a little bit. In the last Lord of the Rings movie, right? Yeah, Smeagol, before he turned into Gollum right. in the beginning. Yeah, I kind of get what you're saying, too, because that's just a, just a massive assumption everybody was having. We are like, oh, he's definitely going to be playing a, a CG character. While he still could, heck, he could maybe even do both, have a, a small part in one of them where he's live act just playing himself, and then one as a CG character, who knows? But, yeah, I'm, it's just kind of hard not to think of him as playing as a CG character because he's the best there is at doing that. And if they had a character who they planned on being in episode 7 that was going to be like that, I mean, of course you'd go to Andy Serkis. But at the same time, too, I won't be complaining if he's just uh, playing himself <laughs> because he is showing that he's a capable actor without doing any motion cap stuff. So either way, it's going to be good. Yeah, besides uh, Andy Serkis, the biggest surprise to me anyway was uh, Max von Sydow. Mm -hmm. I did not even see that coming. I mean, that was like, really? Wow. Nobody mentioned that. Nobody even had a clue. And 
you know, he's in the movie. You know, this great actor is in the movie, and nobody knew about it. So th- that one hit, took me by surprise. I, I did not expect that one. And, you know, I I really want to see what kind of character he is. I mean, I know the rumor right now is he's a villain, and, you know, but the, uh, the whole tagline for, the, for Episode 7 is going to be the ancient fear or whatever. Yeah, which I don't but, think is going to last <laughs> as an official yeah. title. How about episode seven? I'm going to wait until it's officially announced. <laughs> There's the perfect title. <laughs> yeah, Max von Sydow is really, really awesome. I like that guy. He's great in The Exorcist. Scary in The Exorcist, but... And what's cool yeah, about his know. casting is that it kind of fits the tradition of getting like old-time classic actors in a Star Wars trilogy. Because, of course, you had right. Alec Guinness in the original trilogy, you had Christopher Lee in the prequels, and now you got Max von Sydow in the sequel trilogy. Well, we'll see how long he lasts, if he's going to be in all three, but yeah. it's still kind of carrying that tradition. Yeah, well, you also had uh, Peter Cushing, and he, put, yep. he kind of played the bad guy in, the, in uh, New Hope. So, I mean, I think that's where people are making the connection. You know, this veteran actor is going to be playing, you know, kind of the villain. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, who knows? Maybe it could be an old... Others speculate that he's an old Jedi, or he's going to be an old Imperial officer, or an old uh, rebel. <laughs> who knows who he's going to be? But yeah. I just think it's cool with someone since his age, he's pretty old. It's someone who can hopefully connect to the prequel trilogy too, who's lived through the experience of the Clone Wars and saw the rise of the Empire and the Galactic Civil War, Civil War in the original trilogy. So I'm really anxious and curious to see who exactly they're going to be playing. What if? Now, just go with me, Tim. Okay. What if he's? Rex. Oh, man. <laughs> I don't know. I think since the Rex had his, uh, his, his clone, being a clone, it wasn't altered his uh, aging process, so he might be dead by the time yeah. the sequel trilogy <laughs> comes around, unfortunately, but that would be yeah, cool. He will, well, he'd be long dead. Yeah. <laughs> but what's also cool about this casting, too, what's surprising, really, not that much fan backlash at all as far as the actual actors who were in there. It wasn't the Ben Affleck as Batman casting all over again, which I was kind of preparing myself for. Just like, okay, let's hear all the fan backlash. But for the most part, it's been pretty positive as far as the actors that were chosen for this, which really surprised me. Right. I mean, the the only real complaints I've heard is, you know, the, that there's not enough female characters. But, yeah. I mean, j- j- just be happy that you... You know, you have a cast now, and you they're shooting right now. As we speak, they're shooting. And, you know, just be happy that, that there's going to be new... That what, what was once a dead franchise has been resurrected fully. Well, a dead movie so, franchise. And you should just be happy about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that, that's pretty much the only... The only complaints I've been hearing, and it's getting a little irritating, to be honest. I mean, yeah, I'm, I mean, I, I don't want to sound misogynistic or anything right at the top of the show, but it's, it's like, I don't know, it's getting irritating. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. why aren't there more female characters? Because it doesn't serve the story right now. Maybe in the future it will, but right now it doesn't serve the story. So, I don't know. And plus, there's that rumor going around too that. They still haven't announced one more character who's going to be part of the main cast just yet, and they're saying it's another female lead. So there's another thing that maybe can bring the female cast up to three. Because if you think about it, no Star Wars movie or the physical trilogy and the pre or the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy, they only had one female 
character who was a lead. You had Princess Leia and Padme. So, but for the sequel trilogy, you're going to have Princess Leia and Ridley, uh, Daisy Ridley's character. So that's two right there. And then if this rumor is true and the next character to be cast is going to be a female, then they're going to have three. So I, I can see where there could be complaints about it. But at the same time, too, I mean, no, I don't know why you're expecting it for the sequel trilogy to change the mold so much since the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy only had one female lead. And like you said, I mean, when it's all said and done, I don't think this is going to be an issue when the movie comes out. Everyone's just going to be so excited to see it. So maybe just initial reaction was for some female fans to be disappointed with it. But then at the end of the day, when it's getting closer to release, everyone's just going to be so excited for it that uh, at least I hope it's not going to be an issue anymore. Because it would be a shame to let something like that ruin what's sounding like to be a pretty cool movie and the return of Star Wars is going to be such a big thing. So hopefully fans who are disappointed about that right now won't be when the movie's actually about to come out. Yeah, I mean, hopefully there's more female characters, and I'd like to see more female characters, of course. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it can't be a sausage fest. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh, man. But um, anyway, Tim, is there anything else you wanted to say about the Star Wars casting? Oh, wait, wait, wait. I want to say something. I was just thinking about this. You remember how uh, El Mayimbe, um said that Dick Grayson was going to be in Man of Steel too? Yeah, played by Adam Driver. Yeah. So let's hold into that. All right. Let's give him some journalistic credibility and integrity, and let's hold him to that rumor <laughs> that his secret sources told him that. Dick Grayson slash Nightwing is going to be, slash Robin, I should say, also, sh- will, will be in the movie. So let's let's hold him to that, all right? Of course, then when it doesn't come true or not, it'll, it'll make us some excuse or reason saying why, how it, it was never supposed to be that way or it was never supposed to be in the movie. And when it does get confirmed, he'll say how he was right all along and how they knew it right from the beginning. But, I mean, who knows that the way these different characters are popping up in the Man is still sequel in Justice League. It's kind of hard not to expect Dick Grayson to be in it in some ways. I yeah. yeah, and that that uh, cyborg rumor hasn't been hasn't been uh, confirmed yet, has it? Not officially by Warner Brothers, I don't believe. I mean, all the major incredible like, news sites are saying it is, but still, I don't think Warner Brothers has officially said it. But I, I'm still oh. counting on that. I'm like 99.9% <laughs> expecting it to be in it. Well, I'm not quite believing it, but I hope I'm wrong. <laughs> um, but anyway, let us move on, Tim. Let us. Yes. <laughs> Let's move on to our Dark Knight Rises minutes of commentary. So uh, just get your Blu-ray, get your DVD, get your your um, beta tape, get your uh, Netflix subscription. I don't think it's on Netflix though, but. <laughs> Maybe you found a way to get it on there. No. Yeah. Or get your digital download or your your uh, HD DVD, if you have one of those things. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I own any HD DVDs. Yeah, I had Do one. You? Yeah. <laughs> oh, you did? I got the attachment that went to the Xbox 360. Or this is my brother's mainly, but he bought a few movies. You got that and begins on there. But then when oh. Blu-ray run, <laughs> won the race or the war <laughs> for the new format, it was like, yeah, how do I get rid of this thing now? <laughs> Nobody wants to buy it. See, I, I mean, I guess you just throw it away, right? Pretty much, yeah. Or just store it away somewhere in the garage. 
Yeah, it's kind of like VHS tapes. I mean, my grandpa had a ton of those, and we just threw them all away. Of like movies that he <laughs> he pirated from Blockbuster. <laughs> <laughs> See, the thing is, uh, for a while, when VHSs were pretty much died out, my brother, I mean, we're pretty much all into music, but he was like record like different music, like bands' appearances on like talk shows and different concert specials that he had on VHS. So once those were going away, he had to spend a lot of time transferring those over to DVD. So he had like <laughs> still had to keep the VCR handy for a while, <laughs> even though it wasn't being used to watch anything. But to transfer all that stuff because he had tons and tons of tapes. So <laughs> that was like a project all in itself. Right. But anyway, enough about dead <laughs> <laughs> media. <laughs> um. Let's do our Dark Knight Rises co- minute commentary by commentary by minute by minute. Or whatever whatever we're calling this section already. I mean, we don't have an official name, so it just morphs into, into different kinds of stuff. So let's just call it stuff. <laughs> or Dark Knight Rises stuff commentary. <laughs> Dark Knight Rises stuff. Just Dark Knight Rises stuff, not even commentary. <laughs> So I expect that to change on the on the show notes, Tim. I'll make sure to put Dark Knight Rises stuff now instead. Of All right, whatever so. it was. <laughs> All right, so let's do our Dark Knight Rises stuff. Um, so Tim, are you ready? I'm all set. Hold on, I have to re- rewind my stuff like five seconds because <laughs> I hit the button. <laughs> oh, now I'm too I'm too far ahead. I mean behind. There, there we go. All right. Okay. So you should just see Cat. I mean, not Cat. Not Cat. <laughs> not Cat yet. Selena Kyle looking at the bullseye target, right? Oh, our counters must be off because I'm looking at uh, Selena Kyle holding the pictures of Bruce's parents and Rachel. Really? You're on minute eleven, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of like a wide shot. You can see Selena in the left hand corner, and you can see the target in the right. But whatever, this is Dark Knight Rises stuff, so our stuff's going to be a little yeah. obvious. <laughs> yeah, who cares? I mean, who really follows this? <laughs> like, minute by minute. I mean, Corbin? Corbin Dallas Pool? Do you do you follow us? <laughs> or uh, Jake? Do you follow us? Or Alex? Yes, we, must know, does. we must know if you pop in your DVD or Blu-ray as you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> They're like, no, none of us are losers. <laughs> Only you two morons. <laughs> All right. Anyway, uh, you ready, Tim? Yes. All right. Three, two, one, hit play. See, I think we were just a second off. Now I see the shot you were talking about. <laughs> yeah. And this could be the moment we actually see Bruce, not necessarily. Oh, my God. Please. Please. I want to see Bruce. <laughs> Lift this food right now, but oh, oh yeah, okay. This is the this arrow. There we go. That made me jump, by the way. And there he is. There it is. Finally, we hit a milestone in our Dark Knight Rises stuff <laughs> section. <laughs> it's so great how Anne Hathaway played uh, Selena. Yeah, she doesn't get credit for it, but she did a really good job. Yeah, just in the scene right here, she switches it on the dot right there. Right, and it's so seamless, too. It's not like she's one thing and then another thing. It's like, wait, what? Yeah. Sort of like that. She just had to say the word, oops, and uh, I was sold on her. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, okay, she's going to do a good job. No. No. <laughs> uh, 
At least we got to see Bruce. Yeah, this time. And he's <laughs> our, next, <laughs> our next goal is Batman. <laughs> oh man, that's gonna be a while. <laughs> yeah, like thirty, thirty-four more minutes. I mean, episodes. I know because it's like forty minutes or something like that before he shows up, and we're now twelve minutes in. So yeah. <laughs> no, no, but hey, we, we we reached a milestone. Yep. No. Um, finally got to see Bruce. We saw Selena, of course. And, um, what else did we see? Saw him shoot a bow and arrow. <laughs> oh, that's right. I think the I only main character. First time I saw that. I think everyone in my theater did too. I don't remember if I did, but probably. <laughs> I think the only character left that we need to be introduced to is uh, John Blake, and then we pretty much got all the main characters. So we should be that should be our next milestone. Um, we saw Talia. Spoiler alert. <laughs> we saw Bane. We saw the Doctor. We saw Alfred, Commissioner Gordon. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Daggett. Yeah, we saw Detective uh, Foley, who now I remembered his name, unlike the last episode. Yeah, Foley. <laughs> yeah, and and the the congressman or the senator or whatever he, whatever he is. Yeah, John Blake. Yeah, he's it. And the little boy. I mean, if you count him as a main character. Uh, not really. <laughs> That's pushing it. Yeah. <laughs> what do you have, like three minutes of screen time? Just in the beginning and then the end? Yeah. Well, at least we get to see Bruce, you know. At least we're making some progress. Yes. <laughs> like, that's it John feels Blake, like we are. Just John Blake and Batman are the next milestones. Yeah. We'll get there. Um, but anyway, what are we going to do next, Tim? <laughs> Have you shut or closed off your show notes already? <laughs> oh, man. It's sitting in all that traffic, Tim. It's, like, screwed up my brain. It screwed up my brain, like, really, really bad. <laughs> I know the feeling. I've been did that for eight years in the last job I had, commuting for, like, two and a half hours to and from work. <laughs> I feel you. <laughs> I was sitting in traffic for, like, an hour and 30 minutes, man. Uh, I, I even left work early to, so that I could be here to do this. That's that's the worst part. <laughs> if you leave early, I know. Uh, Freaking tree. Did you at least have some uh, good music or podcast to listen to? No, because I had no reception. Uh. <laughs> because I work. I mean, it, it looks like you're going to the forest. Okay. When you when you when you're heading towards where I work. But then it's, it turns into an industri- a dump, and then an industrial area. And, and so, like, there's no reception there. And, like, it's a one-way road, so it's one way each way. And the tree fell down on both sides of the road. And so they closed down on both sides, and it was a big tree, too, so... You know, I just pulled a U-turn and went around, but, like, there was so much traffic, you know... People were trying to get out of the the, the town. And, oh. It just oh, sounds God. like tons of fun. <laughs> yeah. Had no reception, had no radio reception. Because, no CD uh, player in your truck car? or No, but I, have, I, haven't, I haven't bought a CD in, like, years. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a dead medium to me. But I still buy them for, like, my, for my favorite bands. I don't have any albums. Just... So I can have all of them. 311, Tim. Maybe 311, Foo Fighters, and Weezer. Those are the three bands I'll always buy CDs for. So. Yeah, and you, you know uh, Weezer? Mm-hmm. 
You know how everybody says that Pinkerton is the better album? Uh-huh. I don't think that. Really? I think the Blue Album is the better album. Yeah, I do. Well, I'll never knock the Blue Album, but yeah, I like Pinkerton just a bit better. <laughs> I mean, Pinkerton is better than the green one. Yeah. But it's it's not as good as the Blue one. I mean, the, the, the Blue one kind of, you know, it, it mixed like melody with, you know, that hard rock sound. Yeah. With, I think Pinkerton you know, does that too, though. No, but you see, Pinkerton, it, it, Pinkerton, it, it's, it doesn't know what it wants to be, and it's too sporadic. I mean, it's a great album. Don't, don't get me wrong. I love that album, but I feel that the Blue Album is more, you know, is a little better. <laughs> well, I can't argue with that because it's a great album. So it's like if you pick one or the other, it's yeah. not like, oh, you're wrong, or how can you pick that one? Yeah, I mean, there's no wrong choice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I can't believe this today as we're recording this is its 20th anniversary for the Blue Album. I've seen a bunch of today. Of that. Yeah, it's like I guess today's the day it came out 20 years ago. It's like, oh, man, <laughs> it's been 20 years. Yep. Wow, I must have been five when that album came out. <laughs> I was 11. <laughs> and what was the what was the hit from um, uh, Pinkerton? That's the thing. It had no hits. It was the album flopped big time. It, no, 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 no. It had one. Um, no, El Scorcha was the single, but it wasn't a hit by any. Yeah, it, yeah. yeah so, sorry, I meant the single. Yeah. El Scorcha. I love that. Song. That's a good song. I like that song. Yeah. We did that song a lot when we <laughs> the band I played with. But like the Weezer song, I think we did the most. <laughs> it's like the only Weezer song that's playable. That you guys can play. No, we actually played a lot, but that one was the most. <laughs> did you guys play um, the sweater song? No, we never did that one. Even though I knew how to play it, but we just never did it as a band. <laughs> we like Buddy Holly, Say It Ain't So, El Scorcho. We did a lot off Pinkerton, actually. A lot off the green. Say It Ain't So is, uh, is so underrated as a song. I don't feel it gets the attention that it deserves. It was a big hit, though. Really? Maybe yeah. I just missed that whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean that that's a really really good song. Oh, yeah. Well, they they definitely play it at every concert. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen them? Yeah, I've seen, yeah, I've seen them a few times. Yeah. The last time I saw them was really cool. They did one set. It was called the Memory Store, where they did like started off with the most recent stuff, and they worked their way down to like where the beginning of the career. And then the second set, they did Pinkerton in full. It was like, oh, it was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> where did you see them at? At uh, Universal, the Universal Amplitator, right by Universal Studios, which yeah. is no longer there now. <laughs> it was a good concert venue to see a band that holds a lot of people, but yet it's not real big. Where pretty much every seat you have is a good seat. Yeah. Where, uh, where did you park? In, in the parking lot in Universal. I think it was the Jurassic Park one. <laughs> <laughs> of course, you picked that one. Yeah. Of course, Sam. <laughs> That was before we were see one of your podcast. favorite bands. You're gonna go see one of your favorite bands, and you're gonna you're gonna park in the parking lot of one of your favorite movies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I um, last week Tuesday I went to go see Bob Dylan. Okay, I didn't know he was still playing or doing concerts. Yeah, he, he's been on a nonstop tour for 26 years now, but. Um, I couldn't find parking. I don't know if it's if it was because I went too late, or if it was just a concert 
like had a lot of people going to it or something, but I, I just could not find parking. I finally found a parking next to uh, the police station. Okay. <laughs> I <don't, laughs> and I was like, can I park here? And I was trying to read the sign, and you know how they give the times on the sign sometimes? Where it's like 6.30 to 12.30 or whatever. Yeah. Uh, it's like, so is that when I can park or when I can't park? And Like, where is the beginning and where's the end of where <laughs> I cannot park? <laughs> Just trying to make sure. And Oh, man. And I've never seen so many old hippies <laughs> in my life. <laughs> and I've never seen so much tie-dye in my life. And I've never seen so much um, old men with young chicks. Dating oh, young man. chicks at that part <laughs> in one place. <laughs> so yeah, that that was uh, pretty much that. That was a trippy, trippy um, <laughs> concert. But the concert was good. I got a T-shirt. That's it. Long as the show was good, yeah, <laughs> you could deal with the crowd. Yeah. Long as the show was good. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know what it is about me. I, I seriously don't. I seriously do not know what it is about me going to concerts. And sitting down next to crazy people or <laughs> oh, drunk yeah. people. I mean, I went to go see Pearl Jam. There was a crazy person sitting next to us. I went to go see Nine Inch Nails. There was a crazy person sitting next to us. I went to go see U2. There was a crazy... <laughs> sorry, there was a drunk person there. And then I went to go see... Um, uh, what do you call? Uh, what's his name? What's his name? <laughs> you gotta more than that. Um, I went to go see uh, uh, James Taylor. There was a drunk person there. I went to go see Elton John. There was a drunk person there. And then I went to go see Bob Dylan. And there was a crazy person there. <laughs> like I, I don't know what it is. I don't. I really don't know what it is. It is one of those people who draws those crazy, weird people to you. <laughs> yeah, it's like. Oh man, had a lot. I haven't had too many weird fan experiences at con- the concerts I've been to, anyway. <laughs> I I saw a girl fall. <laughs> what? I saw a girl fall off the stage. Oh, did you try jumping <laughs> off it, like a stage dive thing? Um, yeah, she she dove off the stage, but then she like uh people she was like crowd surfing, like people were like holding her up, but there was one patch where people didn't hold her up, and she fell over. Oh man, onto the ground. <laughs> <laughs> was that hard? Was she okay? She she was crying, and they had to uh <laughs> they had to uh push her up to the front so the security guards could uh, get to her. <laughs> did the band even notice it? Yeah, um, I I went to uh it, it was um. My Chemical Romance. Okay. The tickets were free. I I didn't go there because I wanted to be there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like that band. <laughs> yeah, I can't say I'm a fan either, but... <laughs> they stopped and made sure she was okay. <laughs> or what was even worse is, um, like, one of my first... Like, the first concerts I ever went to was uh, Jimmy Eat World. Okay. This was right as Bleed American was coming out. Like, right, I think... Yeah, yeah. And, um, er, like, throughout the whole concert, everybody was saying, you know, play the middle, play the middle, play the middle. (laughs) Like, their lead singer got so mad that he just stormed off the stage and wouldn't come back. Oh, no, wait. Somebody threw a water bottle and hit him Uh, in the face. (laughs) Like, an empty water bottle and hit him in the face, and he just threw down his guitar and he he walked backstage. (laughs) But then he came up again. Okay, I was hoping so again. You gotta take that as, as a musician. That stuff's gonna happen to you all the time. Yeah. 
Yeah, my first concert was a Paul McCartney concert back in '93. We played at uh, Angel Stadium. That's oh, not bad. Yeah, uh, it's, it's stupid me. I think a little kid. I got freaked out for some reason before the show started. Like, I don't know. I guess the anticipation of it, whatever. <laughs> but I made it. Through. You started crying. I didn't start crying. I just got real nervous. No. <laughs> Uh, so you didn't really enjoy the music? No, I did. Well, the first two songs, not so much. Then for the rest of the show, I did. <laughs> so, so what's the most embarrassing concert you you ever went to? Embarrassing? Where like something happened to me, or where the show was really bad? No, no, just like the band is terrible. Like you, you just got tickets for free or something. I don't think I can name one. I mean, there's been some opening acts that weren't that great. <laughs> <laughs> but for the most concerts that I paid for, I wanted to go to, they pretty much all delivered. I mean, some sound better than others, but like, I can't really complain, though. Oh, so like a friend hasn't ever called you up and been like, hey, Tim, do you, you want to go see um, Miley Cyrus? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'd go to that if the tickets were free. No way. <laughs> I've been to concerts concert by myself a few times, too, and no one wants to go. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Like I've seen 311 11 times in concert lately. Most of it's like been by myself. <laughs> wow, I mean, I I can't do that. Really? But, I mean, you, you just show up and you just stand there. Yeah. And and you don't drink, right? No. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. So you just stand there and wait it's, for the band to come on. Pretty much. Good thing we got phones now, but. <laughs> uh, maybe oh, it does yeah, feel a little strange when you first get there. You see, it's like. These are like couples there or like friends with each other, and I'm pretty much the only one who doesn't have anyone <laughs> there. So, but what if the show gets going? It's, it's all good. <laughs> I mean, like your dad doesn't want to go or something? Uh, your brothers? Uh, not really. I mean, my older brother, he's, I think he's kind of done what's going to concerts. He went a lot as like teenagers and stuff, and then uh, my younger brother it never really was his thing. So, and I'll be going to go with you. All right. Well, I'm going to another one in August. If you want to fly down, <laughs> feel free to join me. So, so what's the the big concert in August? I mean, they're they're just passing by, and you're going to see them. No, yeah. Well, take a guess. I'm going to go see them. <laughs> but what's cool about this one? I'm finally yeah. going to be able to meet the band. This guy got like a like a special package. Yeah, to go backstage. Yeah, backstage meet him, get a photograph. So, can't wait. <laughs> You you have to let us use that photograph um, as a cover art. <laughs> I will do. We'll make a note of that now. <laughs> I just, it just better come out good. <laughs> <laughs> so he's all blurry. Because <laughs> you want chance. Or my eyes are closed or something. <laughs> I met, um, have you ever heard of the band Kings of Leon? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I met them. Or one of the guys. By chance? Or yeah, was they, it like part of a backstage thing? Uh, no, no, it was by chance. That's cool. Like, they, they were outside, and like, I didn't know who it was. I was like, oh, yeah, hi, how, how are you doing? He's like, oh, yeah, I'm just here for the concert, and blah, 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 just, you know, small talk. And, I, like, I, it didn't even occur to me. And then, like, I, I go and sit down. It's because they, they opened for Pearl Jam. Okay. When Pearl Jam came down here. I was like, hey, that's the guy I was talking to. <laughs> <laughs> so he didn't get his autograph or nothing or picture. Or <laughs> well, I mean, this is when I used to smoke. So okay. uh, you, you couldn't smoke on the property. Oh, okay. Um, what you call it? Um, the concert area. Oh. So you had to, like, 
outside, like us, and I was like, hey, who's this? <laughs> the only new, would, would you have recognized Eddie better, though, if he came out? <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't even know why I went to that concert. I think it was just because it was the big concert coming down. I mean, I'm not really a Pearl Jam fan, uh, but so that's the I thing. I've never been to the time like, over oh, the concert, I'll just go even though I don't like the band. It's just, it has to be a band that I like to go see. <laughs> But like to me, it's just like a waste. Really? Yeah. <laughs> well, they said like. Well, the problem with me is my my friend's dad used to be um uh he used to be the liquor the liquor license guy for like the place where a lot of the smaller concerts would be. So I seen like a lot of smaller bands for free because they would give them free tickets. That's cool. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, we we got into the, or we could go up to the uh the VIP section because uh his dad like knew like all the people in the upstairs bar so we would just cruise like above everybody and just watch the concert. Any bands that weren't big then but are now big that you saw? <laughs> uh yeah. It's kind of embarrassing though, but um yeah, like like I said my chemical romance. Okay. Um that band's band called. They did the song for uh, they did the song for uh, the Spider-Man Two movie. Oh, Psalm Forty One. No, no, no. Oh my God, that's gonna kill me. It's kind of like a long. Yeah, yeah, Spider-Man. Oh, it's 2. like that kind of slow, like romantic style type song. Yeah, like acoustic. Yeah. Kind uh, of song. Yeah. What was it? Dashboard Confessional. Yeah, yeah, oh, okay. yeah. That was I hate it. that. Yeah. Band. <laughs> yeah, I saw them. I saw a Yellow Card. <laughs> Dashboard special actually opened for Weezer at a show we went to, but like I skipped oh, their opening God. act. So I was like, I'll just wait. Did get booed off? <laughs> no. Yeah. I guess a lot of people like them, and they're still around. Yeah, well, they're not big though. That's for sure. I heard of them in years. I mean, I, I haven't. I don't recall this like hearing their music. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't recognize the song if it got played. Really. Yeah, and I saw uh, Cypress Hill, but but they were already big. Yeah. <laughs> And who else? Uh, I think that's it. Yeah, yeah, I think that's it. <laughs> oh, uh, Hoobastank. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> they have, they have crap band. They have one good song. <laughs> They're only hit what, "Crawling in the Dark." <laughs> what did they have? That other song, like yeah, the well, slower one. Yeah, that was their bigger hit, but. Crawling the Dark is the only song I like. So. <laughs> like, like I'm waiting here for you or something. Oh, what is it? Oh, the reason. That's what it's called. Oh yeah, the reason. Yeah. <laughs> How can I forget? They play it like at every freaking <laughs> supermarket and dent- dental office. Like that's, that's like a theme stuff. song for CW shows. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it was played on a small bill. <laughs> so I think of that uh, dashboard um, dashboard confessional band, right? Yeah. Do they play like a lot of their songs on the CW? Like, probably. The yeah. style, but I wouldn't recognize it. Yeah, like, I, I don't even recall that concert. I don't know why. <laughs> that good, huh? Yeah, it was so great that I forgot. Um, man, I've been to a lot of crappy concerts. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, but anyway, enough about concerts, enough about... I'm sure Alex's slamming his head in, into the wall right now. Um, but uh, let's do our future topic, too. <laughs> After, like, 35 minutes of what is the worst concert you ever been to? <laughs> uh, I'm curious to see how 
much seconds forward or fast forward or whatever. <laughs> yeah, so the feature topic is something I could say we've been waiting for once it's been announced. The trailer for Gotham just came out this week, and we've got a short version and a long version, but I think we're mainly going to talk about the long version. <laughs> so we'll just give our reactions and our thoughts to what we thought about it. So I'll go with you first, Dane, since you're obviously the only other person here. <laughs> I can only ask you, but before I give my thoughts, what did you think of the trailer? Well, Tim, you're going to have to be the only one because I didn't get a chance to see it yet. Oh, no, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been busy this whole week, man. And when I get home, man, I can barely keep my eyes open. I can barely keep my eyes open reading comics anymore. That's why I have to wait till the weekend. <laughs> you couldn't even wait to see the 40-second trailer. <laughs> well, you'll just have to take my word for it. <laughs> for my I'm impression. a bad Batman fan. I'm a bad Batman fan. Yes, for this whole episode, you're labeled as the bad Batman fan without pants, without socks, with a 52-inch waist and underwear now. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll continue on. I'll just go ahead and get the negative out of the way first for the trailer. I... The, I'm still worried about the whole too many villains thing because I thought they showed too much in this trailer. At the end, they had like a montage sequence of like Penguin, which I'm okay with. Penguin looks really cool. Riddler, who I'm okay with. And then they show Poison Ivy, like a, a little girl watering some flowers. Like, okay, is she really going to be a central character into this series or they're just putting her in here in this trailer to get fans excited and it's going to be like a 10-second cameo or something? But the one that I really have a problem with is how they're portraying Selena Kyle so far. All right, I told you what I thought about her costume when we saw those pictures, how I thought they were trying to make her too much like Catwoman at this young age. But then in this trailer, we got a shot of her where she's pretty much already on rooftops. I don't know if she's, like, hopping from rooftops to rooftops, but it's still, like, they're trying to make her Catwoman too soon as a kid. Like, I it's just too much, really. It's, it's the one thing I'm worried about is how they're going to handle Selena Kyle. So so she's kind of doing the whole parkour thing? She wasn't jumping from rooftop to rooftop. They showed her standing on a rooftop, like, by some gargoyles or something. Mm-hmm. But, like, still, why is she up on the rooftop? <laughs> she just got the Catwoman vibe already from her. It's like, I don't know. So that's still my concern, seeing these villains, too many villains thrown in here. And well, Even though I think Penguin and Riddler look really cool. But that was my only negative about this trailer. But overall, I think the series looks really good. I mean, the tone of it looks cool. I think the best part of what we're all expecting it to be the Gordon relationship with Bruce. I mean, I love what they showed here when we got glimpses of the Wayne murder, which was pretty different. I mean, uh, well, I don't know if it's Joe Chill. We'll see. But the person who shoots him is actually wearing, like, a, a ski mask covering his face, which I don't think has ever been done before. So we have that. Of course, it's such an iconic, iconic moment to ever see when Bruce's parents get killed, and it looks like they're capturing that feel really good. And Bruce just lifts out this loud scream, which I don't think we've ever heard before in any of the movies, like really showing the tragedy of it, which I like. And then, like we expected, Gordon's going to be there to comfort him. And the impression I got from this is that, I mean, we'll see where the series goes, but from this first season, it's looking like Gordon is – Maybe going to take Bruce under his wing and be the mentor to him. Like his first part of his training is going to be under Gordon because it seems like in the different glimpses we got in this trailer, that was the vibe I'm getting from him. I remember I talked about this too on a other podcast where uh, in the uh, Until Legend of the Batman comics, uh, the first person Bruce sought out as a kid to uh, 
train under was that detective Harvey Harris who kind of showed him the ropes of how to like solve crimes and be like the ropes of like the criminal underworld and all that stuff. So I'm kind of getting that vibe here where instead of this detective, it's going to be uh, Jim Gordon being the one to kind of get Bruce's first training. So I love the dynamic between Bruce and Gordon in the series. Ben McKenzie looks the greatest Gordon, despite not having a mustache. <laughs> and the kid playing Bruce looks really good too. I mean, just the way he says, he actually says, like, Gordon introduces himself, he's all, like, I'm Bruce Wayne. It just can't help but get a little smile on your face, like, when he says his name. It's just cool to knowing that we're going to get another live-action Batman story told and seeing the version we'd really never seen before him as a kid and just knowing, hopefully, where it goes, leading up to him becoming Batman, it was just cool to see in that moment. And then the Bullock stuff with Gordon looks really good, too. I mean, we got Gordon taking Bruce under his wing, it looks like, and Bullock is going to be the one <laughs> maybe taking Gordon under his wing. And then they have the guy, the actor playing him. What's on his name now? Is that like Donald Lug or something like that? Logue? Donald Logue. Okay, yeah. He looks like he's going to be a good Bullock, too. Not the cop where who's all crooked and not doing anything for the city, but someone who really wants to help the city and but do things in his own methods, which is what Bullock's all about, what makes the character great. So... That, that dynamic looks really good, and then just seeing Gordon in action, I mean, it looks like he's going to be uh, taking it to the Penguin in one scene. They're show him chasing him on a rooftop, and it looks all bloody, the Penguin, so, so it looks like there's going to be some cool action with it, and overall, just the tone, the look of it looks really cool, too, just the feel that I'm getting from it. So, I'm excited for it. This trailer did its job, as far as getting me more pumped for the city, or <laughs> for the city, for the show <laughs> in Gotham City. So, yeah, despite my complaints about the villains showing too much because this trailer is just for the pilot, so we already know we're going to see Penguin, Riddler, Catwoman, and Poison Ivy in this one pilot. So that may be too much. I don't know. We'll see how it all works. But as long as it stays focused on Gordon, the police, the police aspect of Gotham and Bruce, then I'll, I think it'll be good. So I'm excited for it. So I can't wait. So even though we haven't seen it, Dane, take it from me. It looks really good. <laughs> all right, good. But also, too, I forgot to add, this is a part of the trailer, but a few days ago, one of the showrunners, he actually made some comments <laughs> about the series, and I think he's going to need to be careful with his posting. I don't know if you saw what he said, but he's all like... Yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> this is going to be the best version of Batman ever that's including the movies, or the, I think it's like the greatest representation of Gotham or something like that. And then he says a line where it's like, okay, it's kind of hard to take this seriously, this seriously, but the kid who's playing... Bruce, he's all, he's the greatest actor who will ever play Batman. That includes the movie versions. He's going to be phenomenal. It's like, yeah, I'm sure he's going to do a great job as a young Bruce, but to say he's going to be better than Christian Bale or Michael Keaton, it's like, like let's calm down for a second. <laughs> we haven't even seen an episode yet. Let's not be making those right. crazy predictions. <laughs> yeah, and let's not forget, you're on Fox. Yeah. You're not on NBC, you're not on ABC, you're on Fox. And, you know, yeah, Fox had 24 and house and what have you, but they've also had a, a crap ton of one-and-done shows, you know? And plus, so, too, even if the show is really good, Fox is uh, known for canceling good shows, too. <laughs> so, hopefully this one will right. make it. So it was like, when yeah, I saw so that, I, th- I was going to say, when I saw those comments, it was like, it kind of brought me down just a little bit from the high I got from the trailer, and then this guy just boasting it up so much. It's like, uh, you, like you don't want to see that. The trailer did its job. Don't overhype this thing more than it needs to. The trailer did a phenomenal job getting fans excited, and then he kind of took it down on uh, whatever made you just scratch yeah. your head. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like, you, you know what makes Christopher Nolan so great? 
he he doesn't go out and boast that this is the greatest thing ever in the history of the world before his his Batman movie came out, you know, or the Dark Knight yeah. came out, or the Dark Knight Rises came out, you know. So you know what? I was just going through this guy's um, interviews. The guy who made that that quote. This is named Bruno Heller. I just lost more yeah. respect for him too because I just read this right here. He goes, "I want this series so badly for not to be Star Wars episodes one through three, where George Lucas took the limitlessly okay, yeah, expansive no, no, world no. of a galaxy far, far away and shrunk it down to where every characters knew each other." And you're doing the same thing already. We're just by this trailer, so it's like being a hypocrite with that. Like, uh... <laughs> yeah, I've lost a lot of respect for him. <laughs> I didn't because, catch that before. I mean, like, oh, man. Yeah, I mean, so so all these villains existed while Bruce was a kid, and you're, you're blaming George Lucas for, for doing what he did. Yeah, okay. Like, where does he get that? I think the only example people look to is the C, he built C-3PO. Oh, that shrinks the universe so much now because he built C-3PO. We already knew he was going to train Obi-Wan, how, so that wasn't a big shot right. that they were going to know each other. What else? What other examples are there? Like, come on. So, yeah, he lost points for me. <laughs> and it's funny how people people give that movie crap because they, they say, there's no way a kid could have built C-3PO because there's so many parts and stuff. And But it's like Sam Woodward put it perfectly. It's like parts, like computer parts. You don't know how to put together a motherboard, but you do know how to put it in place and hook it up, yeah. right? Yeah. It's kind of like that. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And maybe it's not canon anymore because of the whole EU thing, but it was like... He didn't build C-3PO from scratch. He was kind of, like, partly built already, and he just found him in a junkyard, like, from Watto's shop, and he yeah. kind of put him together and reprogrammed him as a protocol droid. So, yeah, we can get into a whole other tangent about that. But <laughs> I know, let's not. We already went on one massive tangent yeah. about crappy concerts and Pink Pertain and the Blue Album. But if this guy says it's not going to be where the universe is shrunken down, where everybody knows each other, he better keep true to his word about that, because that's the big concern everyone's having with it. So let's see if he sticks with his guns. Well, I don't have too much confidence in it, but we'll find out. Yeah. We'll put it this way. I hope all of all of this boasting comes true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it'd be great. I hope he's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and watch it come out, and it sucks. Like, totally. It's like <laughs> another... Another crap series that's like, getting canceled after the sixth episode. Like Birds of Prey all over again. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway. Um, do you want to move on, or you want to... Is there, is there anything else you wanted to say about it? Uh, I think I had everything off my chest that I wanted to say. Excited for it, but then now mad at that showrunner. <laughs> so, <laughs> we'll leave it at that. All right, so... So our next thing is uh, the Justice League movie officially being announced. So, yeah, I guess it just got officially announced. And, you know, Man of Steel 2 is kind of the bridge towards the the Justice League. Yeah, like real shocker there. I mean, <laughs> it's cool that they yeah, finally... Worst kept secret. Yeah. It's kind of like the the original cast returning to Episode 7. I mean, yeah. it's like the worst kept secret. I know, it's like they haven't officially confirmed that... Uh, Cyborg is going to be in the movie, but they announced the Justice League <laughs> is going to be in production. I mean, while we all knew it was coming, it was kind of cool to find out somewhat their plan that they're thinking of. It's great to know Zack Snyder is going to be directing it, but then also how the plan is for it to shoot back-to-back with uh, the Man of Steel sequel and have it come out a year after that. So that's cool. I mean, if they do it the Lord of the Rings way and we get two movies uh, 
when you're apart from each other, I'm all for it because it worked out good for that. And hopefully with the pushback that it got to 2016, they had time to make the script right with the rewrite where the new writer was coming on to work on David Goyer's original script. So hopefully they got that set and they're laying the groundwork for the Justice League movie. So all in all, I'm happy, was happy with the announcement, even though we knew it was coming. It's good to get the official, official word on it. So <laughs> good news all around. Although I will say yeah. they also had like announcements of other movies they have planned. And still, in that press release, one of the, like Warner Brothers executive made the comment about Wonder Woman was like, oh, we, we'll wait and see how what she does in Batman vs. Superman and Justice League, and if it, everything works out, she'll get her own spinoff movie. I think the world is ready for a Wonder Woman movie. Well, if the world is ready, you don't have to wait to see how she is in the Batman <laughs> Superman movie. Just make a darn Wonder Woman movie already. Like, we still don't have that confidence yeah. yet. Like, it drives me crazy. That That is what a, a movie I'd like to see. A Wonder Woman sp- uh, standalone movie. Yeah. She's the main character. I'd really like to see that, especially if it's based off of the um, uh, Azarello stuff. Have you been that? I've read the first couple of issues, and okay. I have to say, man, I feel stupid for not picking it up. <laughs> I, I told you. <laughs> I, I went in, it, it's like the Clone Wars all over again. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I should have just listened. Yeah. Just listened. But man, it's so awesome. I know, and, I'd love um, to see that as a movie. Do the whole Greek mythology yeah. Greek God stuff. That'd be so cool. Yeah, dare I say it's my new Batwoman? Dare I say. <laughs> you kind of have no choice now. <laughs> yeah. Because the same writer's still doing it. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway. Uh, on to some Saturn news, unfortunately. Yeah. Ephraim Zimbalist Jr. unfortunately passed away. And... Uh, it's just another great, great voice and that, you know, passed away. So I was sad when I read that. I know. You're the one who texted me about it. I haven't heard about it. I was like, what? No way. This yeah. is, we had too many actors from the animated series pass away the last year or so. We had Michael and Sarah last year, and then I'm blanking on his name right now, but the first voice actor who played Scarecrow in the first few yeah. episodes, like, man, like too many are going. <laughs> it sucks. I mean, he was 95, so he lived a good life, but still, still sad to hear about that. It's just, I'm sorry, you're going to say something? Oh, I was going to say, um, Ephraim Zimbalist Jr. was old, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he was pretty much, pretty up there, right? Yeah, that's who I said when, who was 95, that's who I meant, sorry. I should have oh, said his oh. name. <laughs> <laughs> but, but man, it's Alfred, Alfred is, Alfred yeah, is gone, man. He was it's, the Alfred, just like Kevin yeah. Conway was Batman, he was the Alfred. Yeah, I really didn't notice that until um, I rewatched the the Batman the Animated Series. That you know he was the Alfred that I grew up with, and he's the voice that I hear inside of my head yeah. on Alina when I read an Alfred part. Yeah, same here. It's like there's no one's gonna ever replace. Him. I mean, because now it seems like they're getting the standard like British act Butler voices for the DC animated movies now, and it's good. It does its job, but it's like it's no. Ephraim Zimbalist Jr., he just, his voice has had that warmth and wit to it that you would expect from Alfred. So, yeah, just stuck when I heard it. But it did get me thinking of kind of some of my favorite Alfred moments that he had in the animated series or some of the movies. And he had a ton of them, but some of my favorite ones is where he referenced back to being there when Bruce was a baby. <laughs> One of my favorite lines was from Mask of the Phantasm. 
where he's asking Batman before he drives out of the Batcave if he's going to go see Andrea. He's all, you think you know everything about me, don't you? And he's all, well, I, doper, I diapered your bottom. <laughs> I bet it bloody well ought to, sir. <laughs> <laughs> and then what, uh, Justice League episode where uh, they're hiding out from uh, the Thanagarians and Flash and Green Lantern go into Wayne Manor and typical Flash that. So, Jeeves, do you come with, like, the, the manor or something like that? To some stupid question. He's all, like, I've been here since the master was in diapers. <laughs> just, but he's all like, oh, Batman in diapers. There's a weird picture. <laughs> so I just love those moments where he references being there when Bruce was a baby and changing his diapers. Right. Yeah, for me, it's not so much a quote or anything, but it's got to be chicken soup. I don't look, I don't look <laughs> at chicken right. soup again, uh, the, the same way again. Every time, like, I see a can in the store or something, I'm like... Heart of Ice. <laughs> <laughs> Alfred, you, you saved Bruce's life right there. <laughs> the only way to fight a cold. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, it's it's really sad, but at least we still have uh, uh, Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman. Or the, the Batman, I should say. And I don't want to think of that day. <laughs> that sad day. <laughs> never passed away. Like, oh, man. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, uh, I guess we can move on to some conversations with Alex and Corbin and Jake. We could, but I don't know <laughs> if you, uh, hold on a second. Okay. Yeah, did you want to do a quick review of the Son of Batman, or did you want to wait till you see it or whatever? Or? No. Uh, yeah, you can do it. I haven't seen it, so, so, so you can do it. Okay. Just want to do another intro to it. <laughs> No, 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 you can just go. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to edit anything, you know. <laughs> <laughs> not even this? <laughs> no. And not even our 35-minute conversation about <laughs> Pinkerton, <laughs> the blue album. <laughs> uh, I guess Tim, the, this... Tim, I have a cover art for you, man. <laughs> Either the blue album or the Pinkerton album. <laughs> <laughs> I guess this is a free-for-all episode, then. Yeah. <laughs> So I guess before we get into our conversation with Alex and Corbin and Jake, I'll go ahead and give a quick review of the Son of Batman movie. And I pretty much loved every DC animated movie, with the exception of Superman Doomsday. <laughs> that was the only one I didn't like, really. But unfortunately, it pains me to say that Son of Batman was a disappointment to me. I was looking forward to it, too, to see Damien brought to life on an animated movie. For the most part, they did a great job with Damien. I had no complaints there. It's just overall... The whole uh, story, I guess, the way they brought him in, I just, this didn't really click for me. Because they had Deathstroke be a major part of it, and I just didn't like his portrayal in the movie. I don't know if I'm just used to how cool and great he's been on Arrow, that <laughs> this version of Deathstroke just wasn't that great to me. But there's some cool action sequences and everything, but overall, just, I felt that it was a little rushed, too. Because the whole thing was Deathstroke, oh, I might as well give the spoiler warning out, so <laughs> say that now. Deathstroke kills Rachel Ghoul and pretty much. So it takes over control of the League of Assassins. But Damien and Tal- Talia is able to escape with Damien, and she gives him to Bruce to look after him while she goes and tries to take out Deathstroke. And during that time, of course, Damien has to adjust to Bruce, and Bruce has to adjust to Damien's personality. He eventually becomes Robin, and that was the thing I thought was a little too quick. Um, Bruce gets mad at him for almost killing uh, Ubu, who Damien tracked down, because he betrayed the League of Assassins. So Damien almost kills him, but Dick's there to stop him. Bruce is all mad at him, saying, like, you're reckless, you're acting like a little kid, you're not acting like the way you should be. But then, not to, like, a few minutes after that conversation, 
Damien's all he's trying to get Bruce to make him realize that he should go along with him in their search for Deathstroke. Bruce is saying, like, you know, you're not ready. And then just like a minute or so afterwards, he convinces him. He's all, okay, just stay close. And it's like, really? You like you're, had so much hesitation before, and then you're already automatically taking him in as Robin. And plus, they kind of left it, this is a nitpick, but he got his costume as Robin, it seems like, too quickly. <laughs> he was making some funny jokes about how, like, feminine the original Robin costume looked. Then all of a sudden, he was able to upgrade his real soon so him and Bruce can go out on patrol that night. <laughs> so, I don't know, just felt a little rush. And just the overall story of introducing Damien wasn't quite what I was expecting, I guess. It wasn't, definitely wasn't <laughs> the adaption of the Grant Morris's Son of Batman or a Batman and Son storyline. There were some aspects from it there, but a lot of it was different. The Man Bat stuff with uh, Kirk Langstrom, I felt, was just shoehorned in there. It wasn't even Talia's doing, who had the Man Bats. It was all part of Deathstroke's plan, so that was different. I just felt there really wasn't a need for them and that they were just in there to have it in there because they were in Grant Morrison's comics. So, yeah, pains me to say, but I was a little disappointed with this one. I'm going to have to watch it again. It's been a week or so since I watched it. I watched the downloaded version of it, so, but then I bought it on Blu-ray this week, so I'm definitely going to see it again. Maybe my opinion will change, but so far, out of all the Batman ones, this might be my least favorite. And if I had to score it, I'd probably just end up giving it a two and a half out of five or something like that. Just, Jeez. Yeah. Oh. Just left me wanting more. Oh, well. I guess I don't have to see it now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's probably a skip, then. I, mean, I hate to say skip because someone's opinion can be different than mine, and they can love it. I've seen people say they really like it, so I think you should definitely check yeah. it out just to see for yourself. But maybe just keep your expectations in check. Yeah. So, so is it kind of like a Amazing Spider-Man Two thing? See, I didn't left as disappointed with Amazing Spider-Man Two <laughs> that I did with Son of Batman. Yeah. So, I had my expectations in check for Spider-Man already, so I wasn't too disappointed. <laughs> There's actually more stuff that I liked than Spider-Man. So. <laughs> Yeah, like, it, but my dad, oh, man, he loves it. <laughs> has, he, has he seen it again since? Yeah, he, he he saw it on Wednesday. Or was it Wednesday? Yeah, Wednesday. Yeah, he saw it on Wednesday, and he, he was like, oh, my God, I, I, I love this movie. I can't wait for it to come out on Blu-ray. <laughs> I was like, all right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I love Spider-Man. It's not really into Batman, but... Loves the crap out of Spider-Man. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I understand. Spider-Man's always been my second favorite after Batman. His story is just right underneath Batman's. <laughs> right. All right, so I guess we can get into the converse- conversation with a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> That's um, our new title for that now. Yeah. Um... Unfortunately, Alex e- emailed us after we had finished recording the episode, so this is this is his email from last week or last episode. Okay. Uh, he says, uh, "Good day, gentlemen. Thank you for calling us gentlemen. We always like being addressed properly, <laughs> <laughs> even though it doesn't apply. What? <laughs> no way. Yeah." <laughs> Uh, he says, fantastic episode as always. Nice album art choice. Wasn't that short awesome? I just want a whole series in that style. I'll take anything DC-related from Bruce Tim in the 2D animation style. Oh, yeah, me too. <laughs> as would I, yeah. Uh, so Cyborg has been cast. I'm assuming that I'm, I'm assuming they're just going full-out Justice League now. I really hope it doesn't collapse under all its weight because having seven main characters is going to be extremely tough to balance plot 
and giving each character justice. DC is really depending on this movie, so I'm sure they have a plan. I just hope it's not them trying to compete with Marvel and they make the best movie possible. What? I just hope <laughs> it's not I just hope it's not them trying to compete with Marvel and they make the okay and they make the best movie possible. Although the news of them going head to head with Captain America three worries me. Can we all just get along? Unfortunately not, because there's fanboys out there that like to hate D C and there's you know, fanboys that like to hate Marvel. I think one of so, them's gonna move their date because it's stupid to have that. You're ruining your intake of your money intake for that weekend because you're gonna split the audience. It'd be stupid for them to come out on the same day. Yeah. So so maybe like I mean it's what two years off now. Yep. So anything can happen. Yeah, one of them's gonna move. It's just like whoever yeah. does it first. <laughs> they both deny and say no. We're sticking to this date no matter what. <laughs> um. But anyway, uh, Alex was on to say that he's... Oh, Alex, you got to let me down, man. <laughs> you have to let me down. Not me. I prefer Penguin as a mob boss, not mean. a circus freak. I enjoyed the animated series episodes with him, especially that I got Bas... <laughs> <laughs> I got Batman in my basement, Masterpiece. <laughs> Well, so happy with the redesign. Seeing him as a mob mob boss controlling the black market in No Man's Land was what made a, me a fan of him. I don't know what to think about Dick Grayson being a secret agent, and I raised my eyebrow reading that this that the series is going to lean towards his sex symbol status. Oh, <laughs> hey, I mean, at, at least it'll make Laura happy, right? <laughs> she seems severely into into Dick Grayson. So, hey, whatever. <laughs> um, I'm glad he's alive and that DC is trying to delve into different genres. I doubt Steve Trevor would have enough pull to bring <laughs> readers in, so it makes sense that why they use Dick. At the very least, I hope Dan DiDio uh, finally recognizes his value in the DC universe. So th- these are his questions, then. Okay. If you could... If you could have any era of Batman for a new series by Bruce Timm, what would you choose? And if you, and if you could have a series of another DC character that hasn't been tackled, who would you pick? Well, for me, for another series of Batman by Bruce Timm, I think he already did it with that Strange Days. I would love to see a full series of the period piece of Batman in like 1939 or the early 40s. I always thought I wanted to see a movie like that, but an animated series would be just as good, so I'd pick that. As far as another DC character that hasn't been tackled for an animated series, I would say Green Lantern again, since his was so cut so short, which is 26 episodes, but to be different, I would love to see a Flash series. I mean, he has the villains and characters to make a great animated series, so, yeah, I'd pick Flash. Is your brother still mad about that? Of course, he's never going to get over it. <laughs> um, yeah, for me, I'd really like to see a, um, a Frank Miller uh, uh Bruce Tim era kind of Batman because he he just uh, Frank Miller just screwed that up royally <laughs> like just screwed it up and you know I I feel I feel Bruce Tim has a greater grasp on the character even though oh, yeah. you know Frank Miller is considered the legend so I feel if he took um, the Frank Miller Batman all all the Frank Miller Batman and made it his own, I'm sure it would be like 10,000 times better. 
than what yeah. uh, Frank Miller did in All-Star Batman and Dark Knight Returns Part 2. Um, or, sorry, the Dark Knight Strikes again. And, and you know what? I'm so freaking sick of people telling me that I have to read it. I have to read it. It's You know, you, you just have to look at it from a different uh, point of view. No, that book sucks. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it sucks. I, never, I was never into it. I, I regret that I bought it like 10 years ago. Um, and it sucks. So, with that said, uh, the second part of your question, Alex, um, if I could have a series of another DC character that hasn't been tackled, uh, who would I pick? You know what, I'm gonna have to pull a cop out here, because I'd like to see a Batgirl series. That's not a cop out. (laughs) Well... I mean, she she was in the Batman the Animated Series and all of the all of its iterations and you know all of the other Batman animated stuff. So it's kind of a cop out, but I'd really like to see a, a Batgirl uh, series, C- kind of like that teaser that we got. Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> that, that was cool. Yeah, that was cool. So something like that, you know. Uh, but his next next question is, what is your favorite Justice League lineup? And being that Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, and Cyborg have been announced, what three other leaguers would you like to see for the new Big Seven movie? Alex, you don't even have to ask this question. First off, Booster Gold. Second <laughs> off, Classic Man. Third, Martian Manhunter. <laughs> oh, no, no, he's kind of popular. So, uh, what's another random character that nobody cares about that, that was kind of in the Justice League? How about uh, the vigilante, the cowboy? Who How about Bizarre? I mean, <laughs> Shazam. <laughs> so, uh, but he's kind of getting his way in there now as part of the Justice League. He's getting more popular, I think. So I don't think he's yeah, that random right. anymore. All right. Uh, well, he's random enough for me because I never liked the character. <laughs> so Shazam, Plastic Man. And boosted gold. So just three random ones that nobody cares about. That that could possibly get killed off and nobody <laughs> would care. <laughs> They're like the red shirts of the yeah. Justice League. Let's make all their costumes go in red. <laughs> <laughs> but for real, though, for me, I mean, to me, you can't have a Justice League movie if there's no Flash and there's no Green Lantern. I mean... You could have Cyborg and another character who's not as popular. If you want to use Aquaman or the Martian Manhunter to round it off, or even Hawkgirl, like how she was in the animated series. That's great, but you got to have Flash and Green Lantern. If they're not in there, I will be disappointed. I'll say that right now because <laughs> it's not the Justice League without those two, which kind of has me a little worried since they have the Flash TV show, and I'm worried that, oh, since they have the TV show, we can't use them in the movie and that whole stupid thing. So they just, he just better be in there. <laughs> Or what would be better is, you know, if they use actors, the, the actors from Arrow and um, uh, The Flash, um, uh, live-action TV series in the Justice League movie. I'd yeah. like to see that. That would be I mean, awesome. It's been thrown around, but, yeah, I mean, I'd like to see it. Yeah, it'd be awesome and be smart, so they're not going to do it. <laughs> yeah. But they'll get your own up. It just makes too much sense. Exactly, <laughs> yes. I mean, they're already under they're already under contract with WB. I know, can't be that hard. Can't be a contract thing. <laughs> All right, so Alex's final question is: If you're able to master any weapon, that what would you choose? Bear in mind, if you pick any fictional weapon, you have to be a part 
part of that, that fictional universe. So if you choose the Batarang, that would be the only skill you had with Batman. <laughs> <laughs> so so I pick uh, Batman Shark Group Pun Spray. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the most useless weapon because <laughs> you're on land most of the time. <laughs> Oh man, you'll be the only master of the bat shark shark spray repellent or whatever it's called. I think I'd want I'd want the dolphin that um that runs into the oh, torpedoes yeah. and Batman and Robin are stuck to the buoy. Right. <laughs> I want that. Oh man. And, <laughs> What he also says, and and you'd have to deal with Gotham's crime. I'd still have to go with my favorite weapon, Captain America's shield. So, so, uh, what do you think, Tim? Oh, this is such a no-brainer for me. I mean, how can I choose anything else besides the lightsaber? <laughs> There's nothing better than that. Really. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that's uh, Captain America's shield, even though it's supposed to be one of the strongest metals out there. <laughs> nothing can withstand a lightsaber. What about a blaster? So I think a Trump a lightsaber. Oh. Nothing looks as cool, nothing sounds as cool, and nothing is probably as more dangerous than a lightsaber. <laughs> um, you know what? I'm gonna go huge. <laughs> what that's not gonna really big. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, I'm gonna go uh, with. Um, I'm going to. <laughs> <laughs> I just got what you said. <laughs> oh, brother. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to... I'll blow it up for the insurance money. <laughs> there you go. Um, I'm going to go super, super big. I'm going to go with uh, those uh, machines from uh, Pacific Rim. Okay. Uh, Jaegers. Yeah, Jaegers. Those things are pretty cool. I mean, I mean, j- j- just based on the fact that they're super, super cool. Yeah. No, no other reason. <laughs> <laughs> so, we answered your question on my part, Alex. He <laughs> uh, says, thanks, Alex. Are we still keeping this up? Ander. <laughs> yes, we are, Alexander. <laughs> we can't stop now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, Alex sent another email for this week. And um, before he gets to his email, he, he says all in all caps, for the love of all, <laughs> the love of all that's decent in this world, grab that one more day Spider-Man comic from your dad before it's too late. <laughs> for all you Spidey fans who have morbid curiosity, unless you want your soul crushed, get that thought out of your heads. <laughs> he says on with the email. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, he says, greetings, gentlemen. Thank you for calling us gentlemen again, Alex. He says, uh, fantastic episode. I didn't realize I had so much power over the time stream. <laughs> I think it would <laughs> I think it would now be wise of you to change the email section to get a conversation, conversation with the deity. I'll show <laughs> I'll show bow before me. Hell, Alex. Mom. And he laughs. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I wouldn't let some revelation of power get to my head. <laughs> That's good. Well, hold you to that, Alex, in case it does yeah. <laughs> If you, If you get Cyclops' powers or Wolverine's powers, then, you know, we're going to still hold you to that. He, he, said, he goes on to say, hopefully this email gets to you in time. I'm kind of lucky now, since I forgot to give my reasoning for choosing Captain America's shield as my weapon of last 
weapon of choice in my last email. I would much rather wield a lightsaber or a green lantern ring. But the problem is, yeah, there you go, Alex. The problem is, I don't want to deal with the Jedi Order or the Guardians. (laughs) Uh, I'd probably get fired quick. With Cap Shield, there's a lot of practicality to it. I'd have the coolest sled use it use its vibranium to absorb sound waves for soundproofing, a frisbee, <laughs> and a serving tray which I could toss across the room, scoop under my food, and boomerang it back towards me. <laughs> never really thought um, about all those reasons, but that's a good point. <laughs> in terms of fighting, I always wanted to be in the army. I would love to lead the troops to the shield that represents my f- favorite childhood popsicle farger. <laughs> Oh, and my country. <laughs> I'm with you on not understanding why fans will get together or be a part of a message board that constantly rips apart franchises they supposedly love. They're such angry ogres. I ought to club them and eat their bones. <laughs> you know what, Alex? Go ahead and do that for for for, for all the fandom, please. Um, and then he says, uh, "How are you guys feeling so far about Batman Eternal?" I'm really digging it so far and enjoy going further in depth with this new Batman universe. Jean-Paul Valley is one of my favorite, favorite characters, so I'm hoping that we all make, he, oh, sorry, he will make an appearance down the line. I just watched, and then he goes on to say, I, I just watched the Son of a Batman movie, and like you, Tim, he oh. was very disappointed. Ah, good, I'm not the only one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they did the same thing with Deathstroke as they, they did to Darkseid in Jail War making him into a shallow video game boss. I'm a fan of the noble assassin who trained himself in the military to be the greatest soldier. He's my favorite comic book anti-hero. He's also one of the hardest bosses in the Arkham series <laughs> yes. games. Um, he's my favorite comic book anti-hero, so that contributed to my strong reaction. I wish I liked the story, but I couldn't get into it. I'm still hopeful for the next movies, but I've just been very disappointed in these last two flicks. Hopefully, you guys feel much differently. Unfortunately, Alex, I haven't seen it. I'm probably not going to see it, and Tim hated it, so... Hate's a strong word. I was disappointed with it. I won't say No, 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 no. Stop copying out. You hated it right now. <laughs> no, I did not. But he brought up another point about Touchstroke I forgot to mention, which goes into spoilers again, but he... This is a part of something that I like, but I just thought I didn't flow real good in the overall movie where he was trained as part of the League of Assassins under Ra's al Ghul and like was next in line to be the heir until Batman came along and Ra's was more impressed with him so that's what kind of got him kicked out and wanted to take over it. I kind of like that setup as a story but it just didn't work in the overall plot of the movie and just how Deathstroke was overall just, yeah, just like Alex said it was just a disappointing portrayal of him since he's been portrayed such so great in Arrow and other stuff recently so that's why I was disappointed with it also. All right, so he says, being that I already have questions for you in my last email, I'll just leave you you with one more here. If Star Wars fans and Batman fans got in a fight, who would win? Fans <laughs> always ask bad questions about the characters, but to me it never made sense, since it depends on the writer. And I mean, every Star Wars and Batman fan on different sides of the battlefield and in all our bra. What... What side do you choose? With no with no hesita- hesitation, I choose Team Batman. You know what? I'm going to go with Batman because with the movies, I mean, if we're talking about right now, 
the movies, the Christopher Nolan movies brought in a lot of fans. So did the new 52. So I think right now, Batman has more of a following than Star Wars does. I don't have to disagree. As much as I love Batman, <laughs> I think there's no comparison to Star Wars fans and fandoms. It's just, it just it's, it's in a galaxy all in its own, really. I will say this: that it might be a maybe the bat if they had a battle, Batman fans would win because uh, I think Star Wars fans might be a little too nice, <laughs> where Batman fans can get pretty ruthless. Sure, there's Star Wars fans out there who can get ruthless too, but I've seen and have been more experiences with Batman fans being more aggressive with stuff than Star Wars fans have been, so maybe they'll actually win the battle, but I think Star Wars fandom, there's no comparison to it. I mean, it has its own celebration. When Batman gets to, it'd be cool if Batman got his own, like, uh, Batman celebration and convention just for Batman. I'm surprised there hasn't been one yet, but that's like, what other franchise can really have that, or as big as Star Wars? Sure, there might be some smaller ones out there, but nothing that's big as Star Wars and its fandom, just how it's universe, or globally loved by all over the world so I'm sorry I just have to give the edge to Star Wars just a little bit alright so with that we can move on uh, thanks again Alex for everything that you do we love you man thanks for sending you in your emails all the time uh, we love you right Jim of course how can we not alright so uh, we can move on to Jake's email now or sorry Jacob thank you Alexander <laughs> now we're gonna move on to Jake Cobb's email. Oh wait, wasn't he Jake Gyllenhaal though, or Jacob Gyllenhaal? Oh, oh yeah, Jacob Gyllenhaal. We're gonna move on to Jacob Gyllenhaal's now. Uh, first off, uh, oh no, <laughs> I thought he had something before his email. He didn't. He says, "Greetings, gentlemen. Thank you, Jake, Jacob Gyllenhaal, for treating us like gentlemen." says, before I get to my BS, I wanted to thank you for a great episode 55 and the love you guys gave to your listeners and emails di- emailers during the cre- end credits. So at this no part of the show, you guys probably... <laughs> so at this part of the show, you guys probably already talked about the Gotham trailer. I thought it looked awesome, but I think Corbin Dallas Pool is onto something that none of us saw. This is not an origin story for Bruce or any of his rogues. This is an origin story for Gordon's mustache. <laughs> I remember from an earlier episode of Batfans Without Pants, before the no socks and a 52-inch waist, that you guys noticed the clean-shaven Gordon look and asked, where's the mustache? It makes sense now. We're going to see the evolution and backstory to <laughs> To an event that I think will be deemed the mustache rises. <laughs> that should be the tagline for the series. Mustache rises. <laughs> Jacob Gyllenhaal. I have to say, I read that on my way to work. I was driving on my way to work, uh, and I was reading it, and I could not stop laughing. I almost crashed. <laughs> I could not stop laughing. <laughs> so reading that one paragraph. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, um, his first question is, um, Dane mentioned that he stopped reading Batwoman out of respect for the great creative team that is no longer on the book. My question is a variation of that, and it is, would a story and its impact change in your eyes if you learn something about the author's beliefs that were different from your own? For example, what if you're, you're enjoying J.H. Williams III's uh, entire run on Batwoman, and then you found out he actually hates gay people, gay people, and you and you think gay people should ha- 
have all the rights everyone else has. Do you toss the books? Do you toss the books, or in your do you what, Jake? <laughs> You're confusing me, man. Do you toss the books, or do you attach an asterisk to them, saying all material and its contents are still enjoyable and in no way reflect the personal views of the author? Yeah, that's kind of a tricky one, really, because it depends if it's like the sole creator or whoever's writing it, it's all on him because there's like a talk about right now with the whole scandal with Brian Singer and with X-Men Days of Future Past where everyone's, there's people mm-hmm. saying, oh, you're going to go see it, well, I'm not going to go see it now. But at the same time, too, he's just a director. He didn't write the script. He had all the other actors. There's a lot of people involved with making that movie and not just him. But then if it's someone, like a writer for a comic book, maybe he does the writing and the artwork for it and he's someone who's very prejudiced against certain people. And then I think, yeah, that can shape my view or I wouldn't want to read it or, or get it because if it's all solely on one person and this attitude is this way out there, then maybe, yeah. <laughs> but it kind of depends on the situation where, like I said, when it's something like a movie that's like a more collaborative effort in creating a story or whatever, I would probably still stick with it because it's not just one person doing it. It's a collective of different people who may not have those same views as the one person has as far as controversy is coming. So... It kind of depends on the situation. Yeah, and I think it's close-mindedness, you know, c- kind of like, uh, unfortunately, Frank Miller, we got to bring him up again, uh, with the Occupy um, comments that he made. You know, I, I really didn't have any opinion on the Occupy movement or whatever they stood for. But, um, you know, Frank Miller just attacking them, just straight up attacking them for, like, no reason Besides the fact that he, it seemed like he just wanted to be mean, you know, then I have a problem with that. Or, you know, if something is offensive in a comic, I mean, if something, like if a creator says something, you know, controversial or, you know, like if J.H. Williams hated gay people, I, I think, I think it would be more on the quality of the book. You know, is the book still good? And is he putting his views into the book unnecessarily? Like, is he saying that gay people shouldn't have the right to be, like, straight people, or to have the rights, same rights as straight people? Is he putting that in the book? And if he is, then, no, I'm dropping the book. Because, you know, I... If there's one thing I hate in this world, it's close-mindedness. And... To just think that your way is the right way is the wrong way to think, for me, anyway. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if if the creator is putting his own thoughts hand-fisted into his work, then, you know, I do have a problem with that. So, I hope that answers your question, <laughs> Jake. Um, but anyway, his second question is, while cruising YouTube, I found some funny Batman-related parodies, and I was wondering if you guys could recommend some of some for the list. The ones I liked the most were Bane Cast and oh Bane Cat, sorry, <laughs> and the the one where they substitute Darth Vader's voice with Bane's and vice versa. The next yeah. part was a scene from A New Hope with the, when the first X-wing is going down the trench to fire a torpedo down the vent, and Vader with his two Tie Fighter escorts is locked on ready to shoot. The best of both worlds: Star Wars and Batman. Thanks again, and keep up the good work, guys. Yeah, Darth Vader, the Bane voice, that was a great one. But I got another good one that I saw not too long ago where it's pretty much Return of the Jedi with Emperor Palpatine in the throne room with Luke and Darth Vader. 
dubbed with Mark Hamill's Joker with lines from mainly from Arkham Asylum and Arkham City. <laughs> it works really well with some of the dialogue <laughs> that he's saying to Luke. Because Mark Hamill's voice isn't overdubbed. He's saying the same lines he did in Return of the Jedi, but Joker's responses fit almost perfectly <laughs> with what he's saying. So definitely check that one out. Just on YouTube, type in Emperor Palpatine Joker or something like that, and it'll come up. It's like 10 or 12 minutes long, but it's pretty funny. Um, but yeah, that's that's our emails. So thank you, Jacob Gyllenhaal. Thank you, Alexander. What should we call him, Tim? You did call him Alex Rodriguez sometimes, though. So. <laughs> no, no, not A-Rod. Alexander doesn't do his steroids. <laughs> <laughs> and lie about it. Um, Alexander... The Great, the Conqueror. <laughs> no, no, that's too simple. Is, is there any famous Alexanders right now? Alexander Payne. <laughs> I don't know who that is. So. The director. How about Alexander Pierce, who was the director of Shield and Captain America went to Soldier? Since Alex loves the Captain America Shield so much. Okay, Alexander Pierce then. All right, Alexander Pierce and Jacob Gyllenhaal. Thank you so much for your emails, Corbin Dallas Poole. What the hell, man? Were you too busy writing a review of, of Detective Comics number 31? <laughs> what's, what's going on with the no email thing, Corbin? How dare you? <laughs> you will you write us an email? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Hopefully you'll send us an email for the next show. Uh, but uh, thank you. Thank, thank all, all of you. Thank you, all of you. Is that a word? Is that a sentence, Tim? <laughs> it's a short sentence, but it works. <laughs> all right. Well, anyway, th- thank you, all of you for uh, sending in your emails and stuff. And if, you, if you want to email us, you can email us at batfanswithoutpants at gmail.com. So thank you, everybody. And we can finally get into our comic book reviews. So with that said, it's going to be very spoilery, spoilerish, spoilerific. So if you haven't read your books yet, you might want to come back to the section later, even though we only have two books this, this time around. Uh, but... Um, for this episode, we have the weeks of April 30th and the week, the week of May 7th. So for April 30th, we have Batman Eternal recaps, uh, issues 3 to 5. And for May 7th, we have Detective Comics number 31. So uh, for April 30th, Tim, why don't you take this one? But before you pick, Tim, our rating scale is going to be uh, dashboard confessional concerts that Dane went to but doesn't remember or the music so <laughs> hopefully we're not uh, offending any fans of that band I don't know what you call yourselves the confessions or confession uh, fans <laughs> confessions <laughs> how about fansport <laughs> Oh man, I I kind of want to listen to their music now, but I kind of don't because it sounds terrible. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, Tim, why don't you take uh, Batman Eternal number thirty or whatever? Whatever is going on here? My mind is fried. <laughs> the Batman Eternal recap issues three through five. Okay, okay. <laughs> put, put your pants back on. Put your pants back on. You know, you don't have to take off your pants for this, Tim. Don't worry, they weren't. <laughs> so yes, the Batman Eternal recap issues three through five. Since I didn't get a chance to read Batman Eternal number three on our last episode, I had to throw it in this recap. So 
they have to ask you first. Guess who finally makes their appearance in the new 52? Just take a wild guess. Hmm. Is it Ace, the bat dog? Uh, <laughs> we're all waiting for Ace to make his new 52 date, but no. <laughs> I say the next most anticipated uh, new 52 character. <laughs> Steph. Yes, she's finally back. And I have to say, for kind of a lot of fans looking forward to this moment and expecting what her uh, appearance would be. They did a pretty good job of bringing her into the new 52 and making her tie into the story in a way that was really good and interesting that you couldn't wait to read more about. Because the issue starts off with her talking to her mom. She's saying now she goes to go to her dad's house because she forgot uh, something, and she, but her mother's telling her, no, you shouldn't go in there. Don't do it. <laughs> Don't go in there. But when she does, she opens the door. She sees her father, who, of course, is still Clue Master in the new 52, but he's with a bunch of other villains, including uh, the villain from the Batman the Animated Series, Lockdown, the old Arkham uh, prison uh, jailkeeper whose methods were too violent <laughs> that they fired him. So he's now in the new 52. Oh, I said Lockdown. His name's Lockup. Sorry. <laughs> but So she walks in on them having a, a secret meeting about part of the plan that's going to go down in this story. And the big thing that happened in issue number three was that we're getting Falcone's putting his plan into action. It was a setup to get Gordon thrown in jail so Forbes can become the new commissioner. And what Falcone really wants to do is start a gang war between like his mobsters and then also against penguins because his whole plan is to take back Gotham City from the freaks, as he likes to call them. So they're, he's starting that all up. And the whole point of Forbes being placed as commissioner was that uh, he wants him in there so he can keep the cops away from his gang war, so he can have more ease taking back Gotham. And so, of course, Forbes is going to uh, use his influence over the Gotham uh, police station and all the cops there as commissioner now by saying, instead of going against this gang war and stopping it, we're going to move our attention over to Batman and him. Like, he's our main focus. And, of course, all the cops are like, are you serious? Uh, this is gang war is more important, but since he's the commissioner, they have to do what he says. So I kind of like how this issue set up that story and kind of what we should expect in the next coming issues. And it, as far as Stephanie Brown, what happened to her, she wakes up after being knocked out, and then pretty much there's a person in the shadows like saying, like, oh, she's hurt too much, and we can't let her live. So at first you thought her father would have some compassion. Like when she burst in the door, he's like, oh, what are you doing here? You shouldn't. You're not supposed to be here. But it turns out he was going to kill her, and he had no qualms about doing it. He pretty much pointed the gun straight at her, but she's quick on her feet. She was able to make her escape and kind of make her way out of the, her dad's house by knocking down some of the other villains who were there. And she, so she made her escape, and she was, like, talking to her mom, asking her to pick her up or see, like, what's going on. Like, what is my dad doing and all that? Like, why is he trying to kill me? So that's where that issue ended. And then issue number four, uh, didn't start right away with Stephanie Brown, but it focused this mainly on Barba as Batgirl, where she's pretty much taking all her frustrations out on these different criminals for what's going on with Jim Gordon. He's having a trial. It's not going good. He's going to be put into Blackgate prison without uh, a bail or anything. So he's stuck there, and she knows how horrible Blackgate is. So she just ticked off at the whole justice system and how everything's being corrupt. And so she's taking it all out of the thug. Batman tries to talk some sense into her, but she doesn't want to hear it, so she ends up punching Batman in the face. Then we go back to Stephanie Brown with her conversation with the mother, like asking her to pick her up, like, stay out of trouble, I'll be right there. But the big reveal at the end of this issue was that 
her, her mother was pretty much in it at the in on it at the beginning, where she's with her dad, like talking to him. Okay, I know where Stephanie Brown's at. So it seems like Stephanie thinks she's going to get help, but it's not going to be <laughs> too much alpha when her mom comes together. And then issue number five, or yeah, issue number five. This one, this one didn't stay as strong as the last two issues did because it mainly focused on Tim Drake and Harper Rowe. While I'm dying to see those characters more in Batman stories, I just thought it just didn't keep my interest as much as the previous two issues did. Tim is investigating why these kids that were infected by Professor Pig are still sick from the first issue. And it turns out they've been infected with some nanobots, which is causing them to be sick. And it turns out that Harper Rowe's brother is infected with them too, colon. Because they pretty much have flu-like symptoms, but turns out Tim Drake has found other nanobots in there. I just don't like the fact that everyone's still mad at Bruce, and we kind of got an insight to what uh, happened or is going to happen in Forever Evil number seven, because Dick is referenced in here by Tim saying, like, what happened with uh, Joker recently, what happened with Damien, and now Dick. So apparently it started where Bruce has told everyone Dick's dead. And, uh, I, we talked about that in our last episode, how much we don't like where the Grayson comic is going. And I'm really feeling its effects here, where it's like, I just don't like the fact that Bruce is lying to them after everything they've been through and not trusting him with the Joker, and then for some reason he has to keep Dick being alive with secret. So I wonder why. Maybe we'll find that out in the Grayson issue, why he feels it's so important to keep uh, his fate a mystery to everybody. So I didn't like seeing that in there. And then we have this thing with Vicki Bell and another reporter trying to uncover uh, this mystery behind Gordon. She thinks he's, it's a setup, which it was. But she's trying to uncover why. She gets mixed in with Tim and Harper Rowe as she helps them uh, off the streets and into her apartment, saving them from some thugs for asking too many questions. So they all conveniently meet in her house. But then this, is, this got, got a little weird where a kid infected with a nanobite, some, like, blue smoke or cloud thing just started attacking Tim, and he falls through one story below to Harper Rowe's apartment with her brother. So he has to deal with that, and then her brother becomes real infected with this smoke cloud thing. And so they have to get him to a hospital. And so, it just, I don't know, just this issue didn't grab me like the other ones did. I just didn't like what they were doing with those nanobite things and these kids and with Tim Drake. So issue five didn't, i say out of all of them, it's probably the weakest one, but still, it's kind of be expected with doing an issue every week. They can't all be strong. It wasn't horrible, but just not as good as the other ones. So I have to score each one. I'd probably give issue number three um, four out of five uh, dashboard confessional conference, a contest that Dane doesn't remember as well as this music. <laughs> and um, issue number four, I'd give that probably a three and a half. There's some great artwork by Dustin Nguyen in here, so that was great to see him back doing a Batman comic book like this. And then for issue number five, I'm just going to go ahead and give it uh, two and a half out of five a dashboard confessional concerts that Dane's been to and can't remember, as well as the song. So, that many turned the recap for this one. I guess, overall, it's still going strong. Just issue five wasn't as strong as the other two, but I'm still liking the story that's being set up here with the Falcone and the gang war, with Stephanie Brown getting in trouble with her parents. So, all that stuff's been really good. Just hope the Tim Drake and Harbor Row stuff picks up, because that was the weakest one so far. All right, so uh, what about Tech 31? Yeah, man, that was a mouthful. <laughs> Thankfully, I'll hopefully keep up for the next episode where I won't have to recap three issues. It'll just be two since it's two <laughs> one a week. So, <laughs> But Detective Comics, number 31. Dane, you'll be happy to hear that it's continuing to be strong with the second part of the story. 
That's good. That's yeah. good. I think it might actually be better than the first one. Uh, and I had a, I actually talking to Corbin about this on Twitter, how, about his review on uh, the Batman universe, how great he liked it, and how I agree with him. And this house, there's so much good stuff in here. The art works good. The story is good. I said how it's really putting the detective back into detective comics. Because in the first few pages, Bruce is trying to investigate why that woman, uh, Elena, died at his doorstep. She was obviously been drugged, but Bullock is kind of accusing Bruce that she was here. Like, you're the last person she was with. My gut's telling me you're the one who did this to her. You've been, like, having dealings with this new drug. Um, see, Icarus. I drew a blank on the name, but it's Icarus, the drug. But we get this cool sequence where Bruce is kind of retracing the steps of what happened to this girl, Elena, and how she was killed. And it's a cool panel sequence. We see Bruce investigating the crime scene. Then we get these flashback panels of, as he's investigating it, he's realizing what's going on and what happened to her by seeing someone grabbing her, someone injecting her with the drug and having to run off. Kind of reminded me of that moment in uh, The Two Towers where Aragorn was uh, oh, God. facing the steps of what happened to Mary and Pippin, the Hobbit, that's like, the thing going for us. <laughs> Just showing his good detective skills there. Batman did the same thing in this one, so. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, I I like v- Viggo Mortensen, but... I don't know. Not in that movie. I feel he's he's kind of like a weaker part in the movie. Wow. Yeah, it's because, like, oh, my God, like, I can figure out anything. I can do anything. Oh, but I don't want to because of... Yeah, I know, but, like, you can figure out anything and, like, you can fight anybody. And, like, he's like, oh, I'm the true king, but, like, I don't feel like being the king (laughs) for some dumb reason. It's like, come on, man. He has so much years of experience of being a ranger. Of course he's going to figure out how to, like, retrace their steps and figure out what happened to the hobbits. And as far as uh, him not being a king, that was something more they did for the movies over the book. But it kind of worked for me because his lineage did something so stupid by not destroying the ring. Like, it kind of haunt. I can see why I can haunt him. But anyway, I got to... I converted you on just a lot of things. I got to do it for Lord of the Rings next. So far, it hasn't worked. <laughs> Let me say this: I really like the scenery of New Zealand. It's a very beautiful place. With that said, I feel like the Hobbit movies—I mean, not the Hobbit movies, the Lord of the Ring movies—because I, I like the Hobbit, the first movie, the, the Lord of the Rings movies. I feel that they're kind of poorly written. Oh, wow. and. Uh, I, I feel I feel like Aragorn or Strider. Is it Strider or is it Aragorn? It's both. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'll just say Strider. Strider is like the guy that he's your typical hero that doesn't get any ill will and like he he's just like oh but I can't be king like, yeah I just can't. But, like, he can fight anybody, he can kill anybody, he can find anybody, you know, and then he gets the girl at the end. So it's like, it's like home run after home run after home run after home run. After after a while, you're going to get sick of it. Wow. (laughs) Totally completely different opposite views on what Aragorn, but I will say there's some fans or purists of the books who will probably agree with you about him being... Uh, reluctant to be king because in the books he pretty much that wasn't a factor with him he was ready to become king again it was just a matter of like defeating Sauron and getting all this stuff taken care of I yeah, think and like the, like the two other hobbits too not Elijah Wood or that fat kid <laughs> the fat guy <laughs> yeah I'm sorry I don't know his name Sam the actor or the hobbit <laughs> is it Sam yeah Samwise Gamgee played by Sean yeah Adam. yeah Sean like they didn't need the other two. They just needed those, the Sean Astin and Elijah Wood. 
they, they didn't need the other two. But they had to get the Ents together to destroy Sauron and Orthanc Tal. Oh my, oh my god, that was the most boring part <laughs> of, of the movies. It's like, um, should we fight this war? No, I don't think so. Maybe we should. I don't think so. Maybe we should. I don't think so. That was, like, the most boring part of the movie. I mean, I'm sorry if you're a Lord of the Rings fan, but I, don't, I, just, I just don't get it. Maybe it's, uh, I'm just more of a sci-fi fan, I guess. I guess. I will say that if I do had to, had to pick the most boring part of Lord of the Rings, it would be the Ents, where they're deciding whether or not to go to war. In the book, too. <laughs> Those are, like, one of the yeah. scenes where you, I just can't help but skip sometimes. So. <laughs> I'll agree with yeah, you on and, that. Yeah, like, the books are even worse, because it's like, it's like they pull off to the side of the road, and it's like, they sing, like, 18 <laughs> songs. <laughs> That's true. And then, like, and then they're talking about, like, their fourth breakfast, and it's like, okay, <laughs> it's pretty interesting, your 18th song and your fourth, fourth breakfast, but how about we go destroy this ring? How about we go out see the elves? You know, I, mean, I, I don't need to hear about your eighth breakfast. You know, <laughs> the second breakfast. Does that to do tea? This lunch, supper. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like, oh my god, man! Stop it with the songs, man! So you sing a song every time you stop. <laughs> Maybe you should just keep walking. <laughs> Wasn't expecting to go into a Lord of the Rings tangent with you on when I was reviewing this Batman <laughs> the Detective Comics yeah, number thirty-one. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, get, get back to Tech 31. Yeah. Sorry. So, yeah, the whole point of that comparison was that, yeah, it was showing Batman using his detective skills in a cool way, I thought. But, um, yeah, the issue continues on being good. This, I mean, the artwork is so awesome. We said this last time, but, man, Brian Buscellato and Francis Manipal, they're knocking out of the park with story and artwork. This is really cool. Because then we get another cool sequence where this is surprise in this issue that caught me off guard, which usually doesn't happen a lot in comics. Because we see... Like, these two, like, street punks just walking down the street talking about this drug, Icarus, and how he can score it. He's trying to get more information about it. Then all of a sudden, a car pulls up to one of the guys. and like, hey, are you looking for Icarus? you know about it? He's all, yeah, like, are you selling it? And he just gets shot right in the chest. It's like, oh, man. But then a van pulls up and pulls the body in, and it turns out it's Bruce in disguise. <laughs> I was like, oh, man, that's pretty cool. They're showing Bruce again, being a detective, getting as much information as he can. So stuff like that was just cool to see and just being surprised in the issue. And then Bullock eventually is, is like, trying to prove that Bruce was involved with it, but it turns out there's no evidence for it. But he's telling Bruce, like, my gut's telling me you're guilty, and even though there's no evidence, I was learned, I've always been taught to trust my gut. But Bruce is all, well, how about you should, like, follow the evidence instead? <laughs> it was like, there's tension between them now. And they made a reference, um, trying to think of what it was. I'm blanking on it, but they made a reference. I don't know if it was... Uh, yeah, they made a reference to Batman Eternal with Gordon being in jail. And then that kind of caught me off guard. If there was one negative I had with this issue, it was about that, because if they're dealing with everything that's going on with Batman Eternal, this seems like, how can Bruce and Bullock be dealing with this drug, Icarus? I mean, maybe they could work it out somehow, but I just thought it would have been better if this was its own self-contained story and not make any reference to Batman Eternal. Because uh, Bullock says something about how uh, things are, haven't been right since Gordon has been locked up. So I just wish they would have left that alone, just had this be its own story, because it's really working so well on its own. And then the issue ends with a cool action sequence. Uh, Bruce finds some more child trafficking, and again, it shocks him. But then he gets trapped in one of these craters, or these freights, 
and it's being lifted up. And there's this cool sequence where it's dark in there. Batman lights a flare, and he sees this big face of a tiger. Like, oh, man, he's got to go up and get the tiger. But then you turn the page, and it turns out it's just a big tattoo on the sumo wrestler's body. <laughs> it was like, well, another thing I didn't see coming. I just thought it was clever how they, the panels were laid out and how they did it. This character you just called uh, Sumo, <laughs> one of those uh, villains who's talking smack to Batman. Oh, you're the big, bad, dark knight. You're not so tough. I can beat you. But then we get these small panels on one page of this fight sequence playing out. It's really cool how it was. You see Sumo getting some hits into Batman, Batman getting some hits in there. There's some headbutts. It's just laid out really cool. And then it ends up Batman, uh, or the sumo wrestler, pushes Batman out of the out of the freighter. But Batman gets the upper hand on him and just smashes him down on another one. <laughs> of course, he knew Batman was going to win, and he just was able to get some information about it. it was who was uh, supplying the drugs and was behind this whole thing. But this is cool how it played out. Great action sequence, great layouts of the panels, and of course, seeing Batman be cool and kick this guy's butt. Who <laughs> thought he had the upper hand? So the issue ends with uh, these two thugs saying, okay, like the sumo guy squealed, Batman knows the squid is behind this. So they put this body in this truck, and I'm not sure who it is, but it's about to blow up. There's these tubes tied up to him, and he's like, there's like pink energy around him, he's glowing. So wasn't quite sure who this guy was, but it didn't look good. Maybe they're doing some more experiments with the Icarus drug, but... Overall, another fantastic issue. I loved it. Like I said, the only complaint I had was them making reference to Batman Eternal that I really didn't think it needed. So overall, I'm going to give this one four and a half out of five dashboard confessional concerts as Dane's been to and can't remember or the songs. <laughs> so if you were worried about it losing some steam after the first issue, kind of like what happened with John Lehman's run, not to worry here. <laughs> yeah. Okay, good. With that, I guess we're done, Tim. We're finally done with this uh 55th? 55th? 56th. 56th episode, my bad. Of the Batfans Without Pants and Socks and a 52-inch waist and without underwear also. About podcasts. So, um, just want to remind you to head over to Tweaked Audio uh, for all your headphone needs. And if you decide to buy something, uh, just check out, or, or when you check out, just enter the promo code TBUSAVES and you can get 33% off your entire order and free, free worldwide shipping. So just go over to tweakedaudio.com if you need some headphones or whatever. Uh, so just go over to the batmanuniverse.net, uh, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash batmanuniverse or on Twitter. And the Twitter handle is at batmanuniverse. And you can follow all of us on Twitter and Tim's Twitter handle is is at Tim G three eleven. I wonder why there's three eleven at that at the end of that Twitter handle, Tim. Yeah, I wonder why. When I, when I like other podcasts I listen to, I send the, like send tweets with a question or a comment or something like that. Some of them say three eleven, yeah. some of them say three one one. Like I hate that. No, it's three eleven. Same with the band, <laughs> not three one one. Didn't they? Have, I know they had one song like that was a big hit. The biggest hit was Ken back in was what? six Down? No, no, it was another one. It was like a rap rock kind of thing. Well, that was, that was Down. <laughs> that was the biggest hit that was. No, 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 that wasn't it. It was on the green one, the green album. Green album? I don't think 311. Oh, what? Yeah, the one with like the two circles on it. Sound system, okay, yeah. The other one, come original? Yeah, yeah, it's the one like they're on like a, a skate park. Yeah, or right? the skate park. Yeah. yeah, okay. I remember that song. <laughs> That's the only See, one. I know three things. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you couldn't remember the song. <laughs> All you remember was the color of the video. And that was the skateboard. 
<laughs> yeah, I know three eleven songs. <laughs> um, you probably heard Amber before. In my Twitter, that's a slow one. No, no, I don't think I have. It's like a reggae beats type song. Like the girl's name Amber. They refer to it as a color, but <laughs> yeah, it's like that. If you heard it, you'll probably recognize it. You probably just wouldn't know it was them or something. I remember I used to think that they were uh, a UB40. <laughs> <laughs> well, they are. They do have some reggae stuff. And I know yeah. the singer is a fan of UB40, so there's some influence in there. Oh, my God. I cannot stand, I can't stand UB40. I never really heard too many of the songs. The only song I know is that uh, Elvis cover they did, uh, Can't, uh, what was it? Can't Help Falling in Love With You. That was no. a song for some movie back in 93 or something like that. <laughs> I don't remember it. Have, have you ever heard of their cover of Cherry Old Baby? No. <laughs> it's like, oh, my God. I don't know about in California, but over here they play it constantly, and I, ca- I cannot. Uh, cher- it's always Cherry Old Baby. Every time you turn on the radio, it's Cherry Old Baby. It's like you, you walk into a mortuary, you're playing Cherry Old Baby. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to look at. Oh man, don't don't you get sick of it like that? <laughs> Watch it because one of my favorite songs ever. Yeah. <laughs> the Rolling Stones do a cover of it. It's pretty good, but I don't know. U.B.40s one is too. I don't know. I just hear it too much. <laughs> but anyway, if you wanna send us an email, you can send us an email at fswithoutpants at gmail dot com. And you can follow us on Facebook, and our Facebook address, fa- fan page, whatever you want to call it, is facebook.com slash badfanspodcast. Um, and you can rate and review us on iTunes. We finally got our 10th. We love you guys. Thank That's, you. to says 11 on whoever. there, but there's only uh, 10 reviews or something like that. So maybe we got rated 11 times with stars, but we only have 10 yeah. reviews. <laughs> oh, so, so is it still a five-star podcast? Yep, still five stars. Okay, okay everybody Nobody's complaining. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe after this episode. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, so thank you, everybody. We love you. Uh, and if you want to rate and review us, feel free to. And you can rate and review all the other Batman Universe podcasts. So with that, goodbye, everybody. We love you so very, very much. Cheerio, cheerio, baby. <laughs> <laughs> that terrible song. I guess I know what's going on at the beginning of this podcast. <laughs> Maybe I can hear it then. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Bye, everybody. We love you. I love you. Uh, Tim, say say you love him. I love you. 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 Yeah. I'm tempted to say, you know what? It could be some stupid, very bad. We're making one with double, 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 Scarecrows from the